Hello, everybody. I'm starting out with shout outs this week. Susan, I know you listen a ton and I hardly ever shout you out. Sandy, Leslie, Brian, Lee, Judy, Leah, Phyllis, and of course, my number one fan, my sister Susie. I like shouting out listeners' names. And if I missed you or I have never shouted you out before, I always miss my cousin Randy too. She's a fabulous listener. It's not because I don't love you. It's mostly because I just space out and, you know, I can't list all 27 people. And there's some people, Bob, like I miss you all the time. It's not because, again, it's not because I don't love you. I love you all. I don't even know who all listens. I just know that you are the reason I am here. You and Jesus. And interestingly enough, what kept coming, a word kept coming to my mind all week long since the last podcast, and it just kept resonating over and over, and that word was community. So let's talk about community. So of course, I looked up the definition of community, a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common, a group of people living together in one place, especially practicing common ownership, a particular area or place considered together with its inhabitants, A feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. That's the definition that I really resonated with. Sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals, and a feeling, not so much a group of people, Well, I take that back. Not so much a group of people defined by where they live or what they do, but the feeling of fellowship. I super love that. Being part of something feels good. And being in community feels good. God creates us to be in community with him and with others. I love this because I think of the part where it says a particular, a group of people living into, living together in one place, especially practicing, one practicing common ownership. One thing that we absolutely have in common and we have ownership of, I guess I would say, is we are made in the image of God. The second thing is that we were made to be in community. You see, and I actually have some notes, isn't that weird about me? Like I did notes, like all getting super professional, you know what I'm saying? So First of all, Genesis 1.27, so God created mankind 
in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So there's the common thing that we have. And then in Genesis chapter 2, the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. It's interesting, though, because he knew that animals, birds and deer and elephants and tigers and lions and tigers and bears, oh my, couldn't resist that one. He knew it wasn't enough. And even though people love, love, love animals, I don't really get that. I'm just saying it's a bad characteristic of me, but I just don't have that huge animal love thing in me. But I do get it. I do get it when you um, pet an animal and there's this neat thing and people have cool dogs and cats and all that kind of stuff. But it's not enough. It's not the same as being in community with other people. I know the creator of the Community Circle Project. Sandy Coleman is an artist. She's an art educator. And now I can call her my friend. I met her in Boston at the National Art Education Association Conference in the year 2019. And I worked for a art education company and we were in the vendor exhibit hall and my job was customer engagement manager. And so my job is to engage with customers and, and that's what I was doing. And I remember Sandy and I remember like a few other people in the booth at that particular time. And I just remember that I thought Sandy was very cool and fun and she was interested in the things that we had going on and I was interested in learning more about her. But And she gave me her card and I said, Sandy, I am going to be super honest. Lots of times I will put this card in like my bag or in my pocket or whatever. And by the time I get back to work in Wisconsin, we were in Boston and I will lose it and I will forget. So I'm going to give you my card too. And if you really are interested in connecting, send me an email and just remind me like, Hey, I'm Sandy Coleman. Met you in Boston on the day that you were so crazy. And Sandy did. Sandy followed up with an email and we chatted and we exchanged our emails and, you know, our contact information. And we sort of left it at that. Sandy friended me on Facebook and I always love that. In the world of community, I like to add to my community and I like to add to my um, art education tribe of people with a new teacher or a new, you know, artist or both or whatever. But just, I love adding new people. And when somebody friends me on Facebook, it makes me feel good. So I was excited and I was excited to see 
Sandy as an artist and follow her as a person. As I got to know her, the pandemic happened and 2020 comes along and now we can't go to NAEA because of the pandemic. And that was so sad. It's just for those of us who love that kind of stuff, it's just hard. And then crazy stuff started happening and stuff that has happened for a long time that all of a sudden I started to pay attention to. And I'm almost embarrassed to say that because we should pay attention to any kind of social injustice all the time, but I didn't. And I was still doing a lot of um, running, like jogging. I'm not fast and I'm not even, right now I'm at a walking pace, but that's a whole other subject I don't want to bring up. Clearly, clearly a hot topic with me, but there was, Nike put out a, an awareness run called Running with Maud, and it was in memory and awareness of Ahmad Aubrey, who was the young black man who was killed while he was out for a run. And I think the run was something like 2.7 miles that he had run at the point that he was murdered. And as I was running, I couldn't help but think of his mom and how devastated she must be. And I thought of my own son and the fact that my son is a salesman for Miller Beer and it's a pandemic and he would be wearing a mask when he walks into bars and restaurants and it didn't even occur to me that somebody would think that he was going to rob the place or that he was a threat in any way. And yet for an African-American mom, that fear is way more real. And I didn't find it appropriate to post on Facebook or Instagram, I ran with Maud, which is what they encouraged you to do. And I got the awareness part, but I was so bothered that I'm just a middle-aged white girl. And how was I going to change anything by, by putting that on? But I felt the need to send my friend Sandy a message and to say, this is awkward and uncomfortable. And if it's inappropriate, please tell me. But I ran this race, not race. It was just a run. It, it was by myself. And I didn't want to post it, but I feel like I should do something with it. And I just wanted to say, I'm trying to be a better human. 
And Sandy knows that I'm not responsible for the social injustice of the world. Sandy doesn't hold me responsible because I am white for all of the things that have happened to African Americans that have been unjust. But I think she appreciated the sentiment of, of compassion and the sentiment of being empathetic to a group that has been oppressed. And we had some conversation around it and she shared how she was feeling and that sometimes when we don't use our voice, that's not good, but also using your vo voice appropriately is good. And I felt like that helped our community, that helped start conversations and share conversations that sometimes that are hard. Later, Sandy also sent me a message and shared about the Community Circle Project. And it's a great story because she was asked to do a project in her community in the Boston area that centered around Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. And so look it up. Look up communitycircleproject.com. You can look up the Community Circle Project on Instagram and the Community Circle Project on Facebook. Um, and anytime you create a community circle, always hashtag Community Circle Project. It's super cool. You start with an inner circle, and then you create a, a larger circle around it, and then a much larger one around that. And so Sandy always suggests, like, get maybe like a like a yogurt container and then maybe a cool whip container and then maybe like a paper plate, you know, use sort of a template that gives you small, medium and large circles. But, but they're, they're similar to like when you throw a stone in the lake and it, the circle gets bigger and bigger. And so Sandy was sharing this with me and I was excited and I worked for an education company and we did a, she did a lesson plan for us and let us share this out. She did a webinar with us and it was amazing. And so when I was thinking of the word community, of course, Sandy comes up and she's just so delightful too. Like, like go to her website and listen to her. It is like listening to an angel's voice is beautiful and calming and delightful. And I thought of the community circle project in. And, and so if that middle circle is our God circle, <clears throat> and I even say not that God equates with family because it, because God is bigger but maybe that's where the, in that inner circle is God and family. And then in the next circle, um, maybe that's where we do like church and our friends. And, you know, some of those friends might be in that inner circle too, because we have those friends that are 
so tight and have been friends with us for so long that they are like family. And then there's those other friends that are super good friends. So they're in that sort of middle circle. And then as we go out larger is where we go to like our neighborhood and our community. And, and you can do this in a lot of ways and, and maybe in that sort of middle circle too, that's maybe where you put work in church. But it's a great look, way to look at who your people are, who you interact with, and who is at the center. And if you're not a believer, if you don't know God, getting God in that center centers us and grounds us and anchors us. And so getting to know God and maybe God is going to be in that very outer circle at first, and then it'll be maybe a little bit, feel a little bit more comfortable and maybe you join a church and then it's in that middle circle. And then there'll be that moment where God becomes the most important thing in your life. And that's when he takes over that middle circle. It is that core of who you are. And it's really cool. The community circle project, it can be done in all words in the, in the circle, but it also can be done in a, an artistic way. And like I said, um, checking out the communitycircleproject.com is really cool. God created us to be in community with others. He designed us to need each other. In the past week, I saw community work in so many ways and in all of those circles, so to speak. It started off with my friend Paul. I know the guy's listened twice now and he gets shout outs right in a row. Congratulations, Paul. But here's what's so cool. He listened to my podcast and enjoyed it and shared it with all his community. He's like, hey, Chris, is it okay if I promote you? I'm like, yes, that's hilarious because who wants to listen to this? Mostly my friends and family, and I love you all for it. But the crazy part is his community clearly must trust his judgment and appreciate him as a human because about probably about 15, maybe even close to 20 people joined in and listened. And I don't know who they were. I just get a thing that says six people listened today. And it went from like seven to now we're up to like 27 or 28 who listened to that particular episode. That's super cool. And if you have come back to listen again, yay you and yay God, because that is where all the glory is given. It's just a great example, though, on how a person has an impact on their community. And I'm guessing that community was probably in his inner circle or middle circle. And I'm using Sandy Coleman's community circle project just to sort of give you, you know, reference. But the fact is, he posted it on his Facebook and people did it. 
that's an impact. And, and how do we impact our community like that? Next was an opportunity for me to serve breakfast at the um, Giftsmen Shelter in Janesville, Wisconsin. My sister-in-law, Teresa, offered to help because that's who she is. She's from a, a mid-sized family, like there was um, four kids in her in her immediate family. And then she went on to get married and have six children. And she's part of a church and she works at a school. So she's active in her community and she has a sense of community for church with a capital C. So she was all about helping. And it was such a blessing. It was a little, it's a little bit mind blowing that we live in Janesville, Wisconsin, in a community of about 60,000 ish people. And this men's shelter struggles to get volunteers. How is that? That doesn't seem like our community is coming together very much and we, and we have to do better. That same day, the Douglas Pink family had the ninth annual National Brain Tumor Society 5K in Madison, Wisconsin. And what's amazing is my family had um, my father-in-law, Harvin, suffered from a brain tumor and lives with Jesus now. And we participated from the very first to all the way to this one. And this one, it was um, Team Harvin Party of One who went, but we still, but we still participated in my mother-in-law made a lovely donation and that was part of that community. And, and what I saw there is the community of people affected by this disease, raising money and raising awareness and being part of a community for the good of others. And the guests of honor were a husband and a wife and the husband has been living with a brain tumor for the last four years. And the wife said, we could never get through this without community. The community of people who have gone before us and the community of people that are walking with us and on the community of people that are at this race willing to raise awareness and raise money. And it was moving. It was amazing. And there's lots of those kinds of communities, communities of people that share that, that share something that isn't always a good thing. Like nobody wants to be part of the brain tumor community, right? Or the part of the breast cancer community. And yet, through tragedy, God is there and God provides people and resources for us. And it is why he, he designed us to be in fellowship with each other.
I also had dinner at my sister-in-law's and the community of family coming together and not everybody was there. There was lots of family members missing for one reason or another, but just the community of not seeing some of my nieces for a while or some of my sister-in-law's other side of her family who came in and joined and somehow because we share two people, Teresa and Tony, as part of our family on two different sides, it's still this one big family that comes together and we ate and drank and enjoyed life together. When I say drink, it doesn't necessarily mean that it was alcohol, okay? Everybody quit judging. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I'm just being funny. But I also had a moment to share with my sister as we walked through her garden. And there was the community of family in a much smaller setting. Church. I went to church twice. That's not completely true. One and a half times. Because on Saturday night I went and was in community with church that evening. And the next day went back and I took communion twice. I cracked up because as I went up, I said to our associate pastor, because who talks during communion? That's just weird too. But I just wanted him to know why he was double dipping it because Jesus says, do this often in remembrance of me. And so when, if communion is offered, I will take it because it, because it is so holy and it is so sacred and it is such a blessing. So when I went up and he said, you know, body of Christ given for you, Chris, I said, do this often, right? And he, and he giggled and I'm sure he thought, what a giant weirdo. But, but that, but the second day when I went up for, to double dip, um, when I came back and sat down and after I was done praying, I love that moment where you pray and you're so grateful for the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And then I'm looking around and I was sitting in the back and there was a recent widow. Um, his wife died and he was so in love with his wife and sitting ahead of him was also somebody whose husband had died, um, I think now uh, several years ago, and she got um, a service dog. And it's the service dog that is a, a like a dog meant to be a comfort dog. I believe that's what they're called. And so Zeke is this big, fluffy, I think he's a poodle, and Nancy brings Zeke to church and he like legit gets up on the pew and sits on the pew. It's so cute. It's like a giant dog man. And Zeke had his face turned towards Ollie and Ollie was just petting Zeke with both hands. And you could see how comforting it was for Ollie and you could just tell this dog has been trained to be so gentle. And to me, that was just a beautiful moment <clears throat> of community. I also saw community every night this week. 
Yeah, that was me getting a sip of my gingy. I know it's real bad and I probably irritate people by doing it, but just the way it works. And I don't edit because I'm a big geek and I just like my raw footage. Okay. So, um, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod had a national youth gathering. So like 20,000 Lutheran youth group kids in a stadium in Texas. And it was amazing to see the community happening. These, these kids, and when I say these kids, I'll speak of the kids that I know from St. Mark that went to Texas all on their own in regards to, like, it's not mandatory. You don't have to do it to belong to the church or to get confirmed or anything like that. They choose to go and they fundraise for it and they do a lot of stuff to make it work. And then when they're down there and it's hot, it's hotter than it was in Wisconsin, although Wisconsin got pretty hot too, uh, they went out and did a community project and built something. So they did hard work in that too. And they learned about how amazing the community of Christ is. Think about your circles and who's in your community and how you can be part of somebody else's community and how you can connect and make a difference and make an impact. But first, let's do a little break. I am so sorry that I lied and didn't record a new commercial, so it's still the old commercial. It's not that big of a deal. I promise I will do it again. I just got super involved in that National Youth Gathering and watching it with the youth that were there. Like it felt like I was connecting and being in their community, but I'd get real sad when it'd be like, high five your neighbor or give a side hug or hold the person's hand. Like I didn't have anybody to hold hands with. I wanted to feel that community. So of course, because I'm the hippie Christian who cares, it would be crazy of me not to share some super amazing Bible verses that talk about community. And maybe you can hear my notes shuffling here. Does that make me seem more studious? I'm not really sure. But listen to some of these that speak to community. 1 Corinthians 1.10 I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there will be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Wow, can you imagine that in the United States for people to be united? Oh, that'd be a dream. I think what Paul is talking about here is that we are united in Christ and that we as believers want to point other people to Christ and to give them the hope and the love and the grace and the mercy that comes from Jesus Christ. Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron. So one person sharpens another. 
And I heard a really cool thing that, that really, when you talk about iron and iron sharpening, that there's a little bit of, uh, like a resist or maybe even, um, almost like, like it sort of butts heads a little bit. So sometimes that iron sharpening iron might not always be so comfortable. Sometimes being in community is uncomfortable. Maybe it's a little bit like the awkward conversation that I had with Sandy, but to start a conversation and to help be understood and to more importantly, help to understand is so important. Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Christ is in our community. When we are gathered in the name of Jesus Christ, he's part of our community. Romans 12, 5, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. When you look at it, now all of a sudden my brain goes to stripes, um, Sergeant Hulka and the big toe. Yeah, hilarious. Anyways, not at all what Christ is talking about. We are not the big toe, but somebody's the big toe and, and you need a big toe to walk. And so Sergeant Hulka kind of had a good point, but we are the body of Christ. And together, we form the church with a capital C. And so that's important. Romans 12, 16, more in that Romans 12. So probably reading Romans 12, the whole chapter would be good for us. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Live in harmony I'm a huge Elton John fan, and it reminded me of his song, Harmony. And up until July 12th, 2022, which is the day I'm recording this, but it's you're listening it on a Wednesday, July 13th, or maybe another day. But anyways, July 12th, 2022 is when I found out that the real words aren't harmony and peace are pretty good company. It's harmony in me. This whole time, this whole 56 years of my life, I thought Bernie Toppin wrote harmony and peace are pretty good company. And I thought this song was just like all about peace and love. Yes, yeah, probably about a girl named Harmony. Oh my goodness. Anyways, live in harmony with one another. And we can all say Bernie Toppin and Elton John live in quite in harmony because the two of them probably do surpass Lennon and McCartney. I'm just saying friendships last. So Lennon and McCartney, pretty good too, but harmony, way to go Bernie Toppin and Elton John. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position and do not be conceited. When we serve at a men's shelter, when we serve at a soup kitchen or 
um, a food pantry or at uh, any kind of event where somebody might be in need. Being willing to associate with somebody that has less than you do is important and not to be conceited, but to give back super important. Not Philippians 2, 4, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. You know, it's an outward thing. This community isn't always that it's taking that inner circle, that God circle and ripple affecting it out. And I'm doing this motion with my hands that you can't see, but it's very ripply and it's super cool. Um, Acts 2.44 through 47. This is so cool um, because it said all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. <clears throat> I love that. I think it goes perfectly, too, with this verse that's from 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Being part of the family of God is special. It is belonging and inclusive. And the interesting thing is it's, it's inclusive to all, and yet there's an exclusiveness to it too that is super good. One more super big Bible verse, and then we can um, wrap it up. And that verse is from John 15, verse 12, and it's Jesus Christ. And he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. I love that because it is how we do community. When we love each other, the way that Jesus Christ loves us, then we can have peace in our community, whether it is your family, your friends, your neighbors in church, in work, in school, and cities, and your state, and then United States and the world. It just, it expands out when we love each other as Jesus loved us. 
so, so important. Did you catch that in John 15 verse 12, it starts off with, my command is this. It's not really a suggestion. Jesus commands us, love each other as I have loved you. So how are you going to be in community this week? How are you going to participate? Who are you going to invite into to be part of your community? We are made in his image. We're made to be in community. And it's not a coincidence that communion and community are derived from the same word. It is in the body and the blood of Jesus that we become part of a community that's eternal. So go in peace, everybody, and serve your community.